Take from New Jersey is the SNL Nerds, a show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, how are you? Good, sir. I am doing very well, Darren Patterson. I mean, the, the world is still on fire, but uh, I'm I'm still here. I'm surviving. I'm still here. I'm still standing. <laughs> still standing, yeah. I'm like Denzel Washington in... in that prison movie that he did that I'm blanking on the title of the hurricane. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I thought that I'm still standing. I'm still strong. Isn't that from Antoine Fisher though? I mean, uh, Denzel is in that, but it was, Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I, think you're, I think you're probably right. I'm mixing up my, my Denzel Washington movies. Mixing uh, up your Denzel's. Probably, probably because I haven't actually seen either one of those movies. I just know them from the trailers playing over and over and over. Oh dear. It's all the same. Here. It's all, it's all training day and the preacher's wife. Yeah, yeah, and that one where he's the drunk pilot. Flight. Oh, very good. Wow, this turned into a Denzel Washington podcast out of nowhere. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, I should I should watch more uh, Denzel Washington movies in quarantine. I guess I need a better appreciation for his body of work. So he's a- we're done here. I'm I'm firing up the equalizer. That's it. He's a fine fetch. Has he ever hosted SNL? He's never did, I don't, I don't think. I don't think so. That would be interesting to see him host. Yeah, I mean, I know he's he can be funny. I don't think he's done... Mm-hmm. He really hasn't done too many comedies, really. But he, yeah. I think... I think he'd be a good host. That's, wow, I never thought about well, it until I mean, just now. He's a talented, versatile guy, and it would be really fun to see him get goofy because he's he's got a very serious kind of image. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, be fun. yeah, let's let's start a campaign to get Denzel to host SNL. That's right. You're welcome. We got hey, we got uh, Don Cheadle on SNL. Now we get Denzel Washington. You're welcome, guys. Oh, were we responsible for Don Cheadle? Well, I feel like didn't we mention on uh, one of our shows, like uh, one of our old stand-up shows, where we were just like we did like a Don Cheadle chant. Yes, we, <laughs> we like the first show we were co-hosting, and this was like in Hoboken, I think. Um, somehow we just started talking about Don Cheadle, and you and I just started naming every Don Cheadle project we could think of, and we started to chant just Don Cheadle rocks, <laughs> and yes. we led the in a giant Don Cheadle rocks chant. So yeah, I um, think that was the uh, the non pro show in Montclair, and I but and I feel like through that chant, like the the vibes, the energy was sent through the universe, like the, the chakras. Mm-hmm. And through our chanting, Don Cheadle got to host Saturday Night Live. I, I mean, look, I'm, I, I, I feel like that's correct. Like, I have no evidence on this. I have no proof on this. It's just I feel it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll own it. Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking that at first, but uh, clearly, there's no other way uh, that could have ever happened. That's right. We don't need we don't need evidence or anything like that to, to support it. Like, we'll just it's it's in a YouTube video I saw on Facebook. Like, so it, it must be exactly. True. Exactly. We, we're in a post-fact society now, so... Uh-huh. <laughs> fact schmacks. Um, but anyway, enough enough of us uh, pumping ourselves up. We're here to talk about SNL, the season finale for season 45, uh, specifically their third SNL at home episode. And this is season 45, episode 18, from May 9th, 2020. Yeah, this is it. I mean... I was when they when I heard that this would be the final episode, it kind of surprised me, just because like oh wow, I guess this is it. Because like usually they go to like mid May, 
not till like the beginning of May. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, season 44 had a total of 21 episodes. And uh, so this one, they just had 18. They cut it a little short. But I think under the circumstances, we can definitely forgive them. Um, it's it, it had to be a real logistical nightmare to put these SNL at home shows together, which I, I think is why they were doing them every other week. Yeah, so, fair enough. So, and and I wonder if, like, part of the reason they did this many was they were contractually obligated to deliver a certain number of episodes. Um, but, but I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I guess so. But, I mean, it's still, I mean, I get it. I understand it. It's still a bummer that we won't get any more new SNL until September, maybe, depending on how this, this madness goes on. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll get into I it. Mean, yeah, I mean, who knows where the world is going to be uh, by September? Because we are just we're we're just living through unprecedented times, and all, all anyone is trying to do is just muddle through the best we can, and uh, and SNL included. So, indeed. Anyway, should we dive in? Should we we start going through this thing sketch by sketch by sketch by sketch by sketch by sketch by sketch? <laughs> there are a lot of sketches in this episode, you guys. So many damn sketches. I mean, my g- good gravy. That's that's also what makes these SNL at home episodes kind of tough, especially when you watch the show like we do, and we're we're taking notes as we go. And on a normal live show, you can pace that out pretty well because it's usually like a sketch and then a commercial break and then a sketch and a commercial break. So you have some time to catch up on stuff. Here, it's like three sketches clumped together because none of them are live. So we're we're scrambling to catch up for a lot of the show. Yeah, I mean they just they just supersized it. Just, like every at home, it's just like sketch on sketch on sketch. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, a, a few times I was like looking at my watch and just be like, "Okay, well, surely the show's almost over." And it's like, "Oh no, it still has a half hour to go." <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's let's go into it. We we started out with the uh, Trump graduation speech, cold open with. Uh, St. Mary Magdalene School doing a virtual graduation, as, as many high schools and, and I suppose colleges are doing these days. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they ha- we have uh, Kate McKinnon as the uh, the principal, uh, you know, doing the online graduation speech, saying, you know, sorry, we have to do this now, but with COVID-19, this is how things are done now. And uh, one, one thing I got a kick out of is, like, all the other cast members are the graduates, and uh, yes. be- because... The one thing that, like, that that struck me funny was everybody had to make their own kind of a graduation hat or mortar at home, and yeah. there's like some people like like Kyle literally his hat is just like a cardboard box he found from his like router or something like that. I, I made a note like Beck's uh, mortar board was just literally a book attached to a base a backwards baseball cap, <laughs> and it's so funny to see like the. This highly professional, high production value show like SNL be so ramshackle because it, it's literally like, well, what do I have around the house? Yeah, no one has a mortarboard hat just lying around. I mean, unless you have kids that are of graduation age or unless you hung on to something from like your, your college graduation. Like like Kate seemed to have a real the real deal, but everybody else, 
No, not so much. Yeah, I mean, Kate just seems to have just costumes and wigs just at one hand at the ready. Everybody else is like, oh, uh, let me get this. I don't know. Let me get this calendar and glue a, glue it onto my yarmulke, and that'll be in my head. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so the, the premise here was uh, most of the uh, featured speakers or the commencement speakers that they wanted uh, were not available or turned them down. So they went with, I think it was like the, they said the eighth choice. And it, it was uh, it was Alec Baldwin coming back as President Trump. And Alec Baldwin, of course, doesn't have access to his usual Trump makeup. So he's just wearing a MAGA uh, baseball cap and, and doing his Trump impression. And he's congratulating the class of COVID-19, which I thought was kind of funny. Right, he was saying that now they have a bright future and lots of job opportunities ahead of them, such as cam girl, grocery store bouncer, and porch pirate. Where's the lie? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the lie? (laughs) It ain't here. Um, And I I like he he also said, I'm honored to be your valedictator. Um, Just some clever wordplay. Uh, in there, and uh, we also had Trump muting all the black students. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking questions, Bebop. Um, which is just so wrong, and but it, just very funny. And you get to see uh, Keenan, Chris Reds, and Ego's uh, alarmed and dismayed faces as that happens. Um, I, I I like this. This was cute. Um, actually, I I have a note in here from last night that just says this was more depressing than funny. Uh, maybe. I, I don't remember what exactly inspired that. Maybe just because it was reminding me of the president too much. But yeah, I mean, usually when I, I just any visual of the president just causes me to just be bummed out. But like, yeah, I, I got a kick out of this one. Like, uh, there's like a nice little uh, opening sketch here, and uh, at the end, I think we we had Baldwin like kind of break character, much like. Uh, Pitt did what Fauci. He's saying, oh, mm-hmm. and, and it said live for one last time. It's uh, live from New York at Saturday Night Live. So I guess, I guess Trump, I guess Baldwin's saying publicly now he's done doing this Trump impression. Um, gee, I don't know. I he could have just been saying it's the last show of the season. Um, I don't know. I you, you, I could go either way on that. I I don't know what was meant by that, and I think. If, if they're smart, they're leaving themselves a little bit of wiggle room. Because if the show comes back as normal in the fall, they're obviously going to need and want to do some stuff with Trump. And at this point, it's been going on for so long. Why not just have uh, Baldwin finish it out? I mean, ass- assuming that Trump is not reelected, of course. Oh, that's from your lips to God ears. Yeah, I know. Um <laughs> I'm not going to be okay? about that. Are you okay? Wow, that, that was a yeah, long. I just had to think about it for a few minutes, and yeah, yeah, it's a scary thing to think about. So I, I'm not going to go there. I don't want to go off on yeah. a big political rant. But uh, yeah, that was like a long, depressing sigh you took. <laughs> I've got a load of long, depressing sighs these days, Darren. <laughs> This yeah. have language skills at this point. I this is the only time I talk to people. <laughs> oh wow! Oh boy! It's, <laughs> I think, oh, it's okay. It's okay, man. It's okay. Hey, we're. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm just broken. Oh. Um, it's okay, man. Stay with me. Stay with me, man. 
I'm with you. I'm good. Um, so uh, then we had our, our SNL at home opening credits, which I've really come to like, by the way. They're they're really rather witty. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss those. And it's and it's fun to see, like, the different cast members approaches to them. Some like some some tried to, like, duplicate their shots in the regular opening. Some of them like really leaned into, oh, I'm at home and everything's gone to hell. Some of them tried to like glam it up or, or, or look good. And some tried to have like a little gag in there. It, it's just interesting to see everybody's different approaches, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's cute. I dig it. I'm, I'm going to miss those a little bit. Yeah. If we don't see them again. Um, but then we had our monologue from a returning cast member. We had uh, Kristen Wig coming back. We got, we got the wig. We got the wig uh, coming out and helping out her old uh, buddies at SNL. And she did like a, a Bob Fosse type dance number. She had like a little sparkly uh, jacket on. And uh, at one point she like pretends to flash us and we get pixelated nudity, which I always find funny. Yeah. It's like, um, oh, you want some biscuits with this tea? And yeah, then we got like the uh, like the flash, like Drew Barrymore at the on David Letterman show flash. Yeah. Do you think this is the first time that an SNL host has flashed the audience? Excellent question. Uh, maybe it just might be. I don't think that's ever happened. Maybe yeah. Helen Mirren. Maybe Helen Mirren. I don't know. But yeah, that's, yeah. I, I think maybe that's like Donald Pleasance when he hosted in the seventies or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, they should. Maybe they should make that a regular thing. Have have more hosts just flash the audience. I'd Men be down with it. Yeah, I'd be down with it. Hey, human body's a beautiful thing, baby. Yeah, you just the, the host. They come out, they flash the audience. It, it breaks the ice. It gets everybody uh, in the mood for comedy. <laughs> yes, co- yes, comedy. Yeah, I, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, <laughs> wow, are you all right? But, yeah, I'm all, I'm all right. Um, but this this was cute. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, it was oh. cute. And then uh, they also, Kristen gave like a serious note to saying thanks to all the moms out there. Um, yeah. which, and and she know. said, like, "Well, my mom's not available because she's in a bodybuilding competition." And then we see like a uh, a Photoshop thing of basically like Kristen Wiig's face on a a female bodybuilder, uh, and that's supposedly her mom. Right. Exactly. Um, and then towards the end, she she sang like a lullaby. Um, oh. what'd you think? Yeah. Of uh, I thought that I thought it was a cute opening. Uh, yeah, like she began singing the lullaby, but then it kind of goes into this big, kind of Broadway type of you know dream girls like belting out a you know good night like that. It's so yeah, I, I dug it. I thought it was cute. I could have done uh, without this part. I think it it started to remind me a little too much of that uh, that thing that Gal Gadot started. Uh, or, or excuse me, Gal Gadot started with all the celebrities singing Imagine and none of them are in the same key. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was just because it was Kristen Wiig singing in both. So it just started to remind me. Oh, okay. All right, all right. I see what you're saying. That was just my feeling. But, okay. uh, but it was nice to see Kristen Wiig. All right, yeah, it didn't, you know, it's Kristen Wiig. It doesn't really... Didn't really bug me, but yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Next, we had our uh, first sketch. This was uh, Zoom catch up, right? 
Yes, uh, another Zoom sketch. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of limited. And I mean, it seems like what if they keep on doing these SNL at homes, they'll just have to do more and more Zoom sketches. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> what else What else can you do when every cast member is isolated in their own home? <laughs> it's like, hear me out. Maybe a Skype sketch. <laughs> Let's mix it up. <laughs> Let's yeah, just yeah, switch it up. Let's do a uh, Microsoft Teams sketch. <laughs> it's just different programs. Um, but I think the big thing in here was we had another uh, visit from an ex SNL cast member or an SNL cast alum, uh, Martin Short. We got Marty Short in the in the in the house tonight, y'all. Yeah, and he and uh, and Heidi Gardner were playing uh, Deidre and Ripley, who had just traveled to Italy for Quarantina. And they talked about how they they hugged and kissed people, and they're just basically doing every foolish practice you could do in in the time of quarantine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, these characters are have been done before. Like Heidi did it with um, Seth Meyers back when he hosted, and then Heidi did mm-hmm. it with James McAvoy on his episode. Uh, Seth Meyers, they went to Cuba, and James McAvoy and her went to New Orleans. So, and uh, this in this sketch, they. They went to Milano for the quarantine, yeah. and they're just they're just overly uh, obsessed with whatever place they just visited. So they just and they just never shut up about their trip. And I think everybody can relate to that. Everybody knows somebody who just went on a, a trip to somewhere interesting, and they just keep telling you about it. Yeah, very much like the the type of people that like are really want to be part of the the culture or you know, the uh, the experience of the country they're in, but it just kind of comes off as being, like, you know, kind of fake and phony. Yeah, yeah. There's something almost uh, condescending about it. Um, but this this was cute. I liked how they had a line. They said that they were shipping, uh, helping ship PPE out of Italy. So... Oh yeah, and uh, how Martin, Martin Short said, oh yeah, you know, the captain, he was a, he was a kind of a peach. His breath wasn't perfect, but you know, it's, it's Italy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this was cute. I don't think it went on for too long, and it just lets the other cast members practice, like, them reacting in horror to all the heinous stuff that uh, Heidi and Marty Short are saying. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much like a platform for Marty and Heidi to just kind of go off and over-enunciate words like quarantina and ventilators and whatnot. It was, so, yeah, it was, you know, it was cute enough. You know, actually, I just remembered uh, uh, Martin Short. He was on Conan O'Brien's show uh, maybe a week or two ago, and he was talking about how he was actually overseas on tour with Steve Martin when uh, when the coronavirus hit. I forget what country they were in, but they, he talked about like having to cancel their tour and make it back to the states so they could go into quarantine. And yeah, so wow, a little of Martin Short's real life in there. Life imitates art. Yes. Uh, so next, we had a Mother's Day song, uh, Let Kids Drink. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, it's like a song with all the cast members about how, hey, you know, times are tough. It's it's difficult being with your kids this whole time and trying to be strong for them. And so let's make a modest proposal. Let kids drink. Yeah, because then, then they're out by six and... The- the parents can get a little peace and quiet. Um, 
I really like this one. I thought this was good. I they were they had a lyric like you know child services says it's totally okay, and then they they slug some text at the bottom of the screen that just says child services could not be reached for comment, <laughs> um, and and the, like note these kids are barely drunk. And and the the thing that really put this over the top was they had all these shots of people's real kids. I'm assuming mostly like crew member kids. Because I don't think too many of the cast uh, outside of Mikey Day and Keenan have their own kids, um, and and we see all of them like just pr- pretend drinking out of beer bottles or having martinis or or chugging whiskey or whatever. Yeah, it was funny. And at one point, they had Josh Gad come out of nowhere, and like they had him doing a voiceover for his character Olaf from the Frozen. Uh, movies mm-hmm. and then Josh got saying, "Hey, let kids drink." Disney yeah. said it's fine. And he's like, "Hey, wait, what?" <laughs> and mm-hmm. then at the mm-hmm. bottom it says, uh, "Not approved by Disney. Multiple lawsuits pending." Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had a lyric towards the end. They were like, "Children of the future," and right now the future stinks. Um, I, yeah. I just, I thought this was a funny song, and I'm also just horribly amused by the thought of them gathering all these kids. Shots of these kids just being mock drunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it, it was all like apple juice and grape juice and whatnot, but still, yeah, just I, to see. I, I'm assuming. But I'm, I mean, just a, just watching a child drink out of a beer bottle. The, yeah, it makes it makes me laugh. I don't see how it can yeah. make it. How can, yeah, it's just funny. That's that's just funny. That's humor right there. And I, I would right. I would like a like behind the scenes documentary about the making of this sketch and how on every everyone trying to get their their toddlers pretending to <laughs> to be drunk because they were like, oh yeah, toddlers they're like drunk already. <laughs> <laughs> let kids drink, and then it goes on to saying, oh maybe we should let dogs drink, and yeah, um, yeah. and it, it, I don't know. I, I thought this was a great sketch. I thought it might be. The, it might be the sketch of the night. I'm Definitely thinking. sketch of the night for me. Um, yeah. I, I thought, you know, it was a funny song. It was a catchy song. Uh, it had a nice turn. You didn't necessarily see coming right off the bat. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I, I can. I'm probably going to be posting this up on my Facebook page and forwarding it to my friends with kids. <laughs> absolutely. Well, absolutely. So. Uh, let's see. Next, we had uh, Master Class Quarantine Edition, another Master Class Quarantine Edition, because they did this during one of the other uh, SNL at Home episodes. And in this, yeah, one yeah, had, it was uh, uh, it's Chloe Feynman again. No, yeah, the last one it was uh, Chloe Feynman doing her Timothy Chalamet impression, and um, that pff, like, like TikTok star whose name escapes me right now, and uh, Carol Baskins. Uh, so on uh, this one, we have. Uh, Chloe Feynman again doing, um, she's doing a Phoebe Waller Bridge Im- yeah. impression. That's Phoebe pretty Waller Bridge from Fleabag, and and also somebody who hosted uh, a little earlier in the season. Yeah, it was a pretty spot on impression too. I was really impressed by it. Yeah, well, she had uh, she had the chance to uh, observe Phoebe Waller Bridge up close and personal during uh, looks like it was the second episode of the year um, for a week. So yeah, I'm sure she had a lot of time to refine her uh, her Phoebe impression. And I thought it was a really strong one. Yeah. Uh, and then we had uh, a Melissa Villasenor doing John Mulaney, talking, uh, doing a master class on how to wear suits and how to how to have master class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought this was a good one too. Um, I mean, I thought Phoebe of uh, Chloe's impression was a little bit stronger, but I, I, I dug this yeah. one too. It's always good to see more uh, Melissa. Uh, 
on the show. Yeah, it, these sketches they are a good showcase for for Chloe and Melissa. I thought Melissa's Mulaney impression could have been a little stronger, but uh, but it was it was cute. It was enough like John Mulaney that that I got the joke. Right. And uh, lastly, we had Chloe as Britney Spears, um, who was who like the joke there was like Britney Spears just really doesn't have anything useful to impart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like at one point the screen just flashes. We paid her too much for this. <laughs> um, which uh, it was really funny. And I was also just kind of impressed how much Chloe Feynman was able to make herself look like Britney Spears with just like a little makeup, a wig. And I'm assuming clothing that she had in her closet. Um, yeah. She actually looked a, quite a lot like Britney Spears at times. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty spot on. Yeah. So, um, th- this was strong. I, I like this. This was very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a not not a bad sketch. I really dug this. I mean, I think part of me kind of wishes like um, like that the material they had to deliver was a little bit stronger, just because the impression mm-hmm. is so good. I, I just would want like the jokes to be a little bit like sharper. But I mean, for the most part, I dug this. Uh, I dug this. Mm-hmm. They, like I, like you said, it was a good showcase for them to kind of show what they can do in the uh, in the impressions realm. Yeah, and I th- I think that both Chloe and Melissa have adapted pretty well to uh, the SNL at home format. So it's it's been a good showcase for them, and they've gotten some opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have gotten if they were still doing the show in studio. You know. Yeah. Here. Here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Next, we had Zoom Church. This was uh, the uh, Keenan playing uh, the minister at a church, the Mount Methuselah Baptist Church, and they're having a Zoom session with all their parishioners. And it's a lot of Keenan just explaining that everybody has to be on mute so that he's not hearing everybody come back at him. And just another thing about the difficulties of meeting on Zoom. Yeah, like all this seemed kind of too real <laughs> to, to for me. Like I was just like, oh, this is just like... Um... Like a like a real thing, like people just you know can't mute their mics, and people have like yeah. stuff going on in the background, and yeah, this just seems like a real like a real <laughs> church meeting. Noises in the background now. Yeah, like people are like oh somebody's watching the game, and you can, and now the whole church can hear it. Uh, yeah, this just this all seemed like pretty real to to me. It's like where's the because. Where's the- Literally, when you were talking about that, I hear your drink clink, and I hear you shuffling papers. Oh, you heard that? Sorry. Yeah, I, I had a glass. I had a glass of water, and I I, I knocked it over. So, sorry. Do you need a minute to clean up? No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Um, this was also interesting just because this had a ton of cameos because they're trying to make it look like this is, it's a pretty good sized Baptist church. So, and uh, Wikipedia already has a couple of the cameos uh, noted on their entry for this page. Apparently uh, Titus Burgess and Yvette Nicole Brown both appeared in non-speaking roles in this sketch. Yeah. I totally uh, missed them. Yeah, I missed both of them. I did believe I believe I spotted John Lutz though, who's a writer. Uh, he was a writer on SNL. He's now a writer on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and you probably remember him from playing the character Lutz on Thirty Rock, who was one of the writers on that show. 
I do remember him. Like just his last name is Lutz. How can you you can't forget that? Yeah, it's such a great name. Um, <laughs> and he he played sort of a a schlubby loser version of himself, uh, exaggerated for comedic effect. I'm assuming. Um, but I was like, hey, John Lutz. Um, and and we're we're seeing like all these dinky Zoom screens, and it was and because it's a Baptist church, it was probably at least seventy five percent black people, and I was just like. Is this the most black people who have ever been on SNL at one time? Oh goddamn! Yeah, it's like <laughs> SNL became in living color for a minute. <laughs> I know. I was like, this 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 could be one of the most diverse sketches they've ever done. It's like, oh, this is this is ethnic as hell. <laughs> this is so ethnic. <laughs> oh, how urban! Oh my. <laughs> Uh, but but this was this was all right. This was this was all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I'm the same thing. I didn't write down too many notes for that one. It's like, oh, it, this is okay. Yeah. Um, next, we have uh, Danny Trejo song, which is another uh, Pete Davidson rap, just talking about how generally awesome Danny Trejo was uh, or is. And it's it's kind of in the same tradition as the uh, Tucci Gang rap he did uh, probably a couple of years ago at this point, right? Or the Ruth Bader Ginsburg rap they did with, uh... Oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I don't know. This song I thought was eh. It didn't really, you know, just because like the beginning. In the beginning, it's like when Pete raps. It's just at one point he's just listing Danny Trejo's filmography. It's like oh, he was in yeah. like and. And honestly, the song picks up a little bit when Chris Red raps, because like just because he's yeah. doing something a little bit, he raps a little bit faster. He's able to do a little bit more with it. There's a little bit more energy when he when Chris Red comes in. So, like when Chris Red comes in, it, it, the song gets better. But yeah, I mean, for the okay. most part, I thought the song was just kind of meh. So you're saying you think Chris Red is a better rapper than Pete Davidson? That's right, rap battle. I want to see it. Pete Davidson versus Chris Red. Let's get it. All right. Pete, Darren is calling you out. I'm going to have to prove your rap skills. We're going to have to do like an eight mile thing between you and Chris Red now. That's right. So. He went to Cram. He went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. <laughs> um, I thought this was cute, and I, I liked that there was a cameo from the real Danny Trejo, um, who seems to have a nice sense of humor about himself. Uh, yeah, and apparently, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I was gonna say yeah. And apparently, that Trejo has a donut shop, which they mentioned at the end. Yeah, I would go to that donut shop. I mean, just who who doesn't want to have a donut that was uh, endorsed or even made by Danny Trejo? Yeah, so they call, I wouldn't even call them like Trejo nuts or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, I'd say this was okay, but not as good as like Tucci Gang. Uh, yeah, I agree. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. It's probably on the same level as like that Drake song he did, or um, yeah, I would say something like that. It's like it's okay, but it's not like it's not setting the world on fire. Yeah, I mean Tucci Gang. It was it was funnier just because it was more unexpected, and and it's it's more absurd to do a rap about. Uh, Stanley Tucci than Danny Trejo, so. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So uh, next we had a sketch called Hair Vlog, which was uh, another thing with uh, Kristen Wiig playing a character, RJ Chart, uh, and she has a, a hair vlog called Bouncy Waves, and this had A.D. Cecily and Keenan in it. 
Yeah, uh, PJ Chant, I think. Oh, PJ. Okay. PJ Chant. Yeah, and Kristen Wiig was P- Kristen Wiig was PJ. Yeah, you're right. I was misreading my note. Oh, no worries. Uh, so basically, just uh, a lot of Kristen Wiig uh, shooting up at herself with her phone, with her hair just kind of falling down into the camera. Yeah, it's like literally like her hair just kind of bouncing off the camera lens, like as she talks. Like there's at some point you don't even see her face or her mouth moving at all. You just, you just it's just a face, just a camera full of hair in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, and they're just all talking about their hair regimens. Um, this was I didn't think too much of this. I thought this was just very weird, not particularly yeah. funny. Yeah, like I thought they were. It seemed like they were making some making fun out of some very uh, something very specific like i guess uh-huh. there are like a lot of like beauty hair bloggers out there that kind of have the same kind of thing to them so it was like i mean i didn't quite get it but i think it was also kind of odd enough that i kind of liked it just like when uh pj's friend comes in showing her like these like memes and then them laughing over it, which is kind of all like, oh, right. Yeah, the hair memes, and then and then PJ gets very offended when somebody's hair is replaced with spaghetti. Like yeah, that's crossing the line. Yeah, that was like a very weird shift. Where it's just like, hey, I don't think it's you know funny when you have pasta as people's hair, and you know maybe we shouldn't talk for for some time. Anyway, yeah. guys. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming. Yeah, it was like a really weird kind of personality shift that they had. Yeah, but if you uh, if you wanted to see a bunch of SNL cast members wearing various wigs, uh, this is the sketch for you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, who doesn't want to see that? Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Not much else to say about that one. But next we had uh, this week's musical guest, which this one really surprised me. This was we had we had boys to men uh, doing a song for Mama at home. Yeah, with a uh, babyface on guitar. Yeah, this was. I was like, "Wow!" Um, I di- I did not see this coming. What was your reaction to this, Darren? Uh, I really like this. I mean, just because I'm a fan of Boys to Men from way back in the day. Like I like uh, when they first came out, like in the early '90s. I was in junior high, and I really liked the first album they had, the Cooley High Harmony. I, uh-huh. I listened to that on repeat. I love that album so much that. For a year or so, I was like, I tried to dress like boys to men. So I would wear like a lot of like, uh, like, you know, Oxford shirts and like, you know, slacks and like super crazy colorful neckties. I did think I did that for like a year or so. That was like, I was trying, that was my look for a bit. Okay. Um, one, I, am, I need to see pictures of you from this era. As <laughs> I want this stuff in my inbox inside of an hour. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have pictures of it, but let's—I definitely did that. Like it, like the like the type type of ties that like Mark Summers wore when he was hosting Double Dare, like that colorful. I need to see this. I need to see this so badly. This my life will not be complete until I see young Darren Patterson dressing like boys to men. Um, <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. I don't know if I have any pictures. If, Melanie, my sister, if you're listening to this and you can find a picture of it, send it to me. Melanie, tweet them at me. We're Facebook friends. Send them to me. I just need to see this. Uh, I was going for a look. All right. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So voice to men. Yeah, I like this. 
I, I, I kind of don't even want to do the rest of the show now. I just want to talk about <laughs> boys to men for for an entire year of your life. Um, wow. Uh, it was the early. It was the early nineties. It was a good look. I think I looked great. All right, all right. I'm sure you pulled that off. Yeah. Um, uh, do we have anything else to say about the uh, about the song about the musical number? Uh, no, I mean it was a great song. Boys to Men is always a great act. Uh, they have you know beautiful harmonies, and it was also mm-hmm. really nice how as they were singing they put in clips of the cast members with their mom. So they showed like old pictures of. You know, Pete with his mom and Cecily with her mom, and uh, yeah, it was, it was very sweet, very sweet. That was nice, and and yeah, because the Mother's Day show has been become a bit of an SNL tradition. I guess since like Betty White hosted, I think that's the first time I can remember them really doing that. Um, but yeah, they've they've done at least a couple times where they brought all the cast members of or, or all the mothers of the cast members onto the show, and uh, and that was fun. Yeah, it's very sweet. There's like a lot of, I, there was like a kind of a theme throughout this whole episode I've noticed where it's like, it's like a very sentimental, sweet type of uh, vibe going through it. Like, I mean, they mentioned Mother's Day multiple times throughout it and like giving mm-hmm. heart, heartfelt thank yous to moms. Um, there's like a, and you know, Kristen Wiggs did it in the, in her, in the, in the uh, monologue, giving a heartfelt thanks to mom. And then like, uh, I mean, we'll get to it later, but the, the final sketch of the night is very, sweet and heartfelt as well. The, this episode really tugs at the heartstrings, I felt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they did go a little sentimental, uh, especially uh, towards the end. Um, so next, uh, we have a Weekend Update, Home Edition, um, with uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che. Che. Not even hiding. Che. Yeah, he's not even hiding his drinking anymore, and I, I'm here for it. I, I love I love Michael Che just straight up drinking during the <laughs> It's like Dean Martin back in the day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, he's he's bringing back that that Rat Pack sensibility. Um, <laughs> uh, he and he uh, Michael Che had a nice line early on. He was like, "Yeah, this this the coronavirus has been rough for ever, all of us. I lost my grandmother. You, Colin, you lost J. Crew." <laughs> And Colin later just sort of mutters under his breath. It's it's a little too soon to talk about J. Crew. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's sore spot. Too soon, too soon. Yeah, this was cute. I didn't I didn't write down uh, too many other jokes. I think for me the the standout thing in the weekend update uh, segment was they had a little guest appearance and uh, guest commentary from Tina Fey with a, yes. uh, a message from others. Yeah, yeah, we got a little Tina Fey in there, sort of giving a little pep talk to everybody out there during these uh, uncertain times. Uh, she's talked about how now that she's in the house more, she gets to spend more time with her passwords, which mm-hmm, is nice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to get, get time to know them, how they're all very individual, and, uh, you know, she gets to really appreciate them. And, you know, her kids are there, too. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, I liked how her kids were just an afterthought there. And uh, she she had in her message from others, she said, hey, did you know that if you're baking cookies and you don't have any flour, you can just go to bed? <laughs> you could just not have cookies. Um, this this was good. I This reminded me a little of her uh, her her sheet cake segment where she just talked about like panic eating sheet cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that that kind of went sideways on her. But yeah, yeah, it definitely has that vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, just some clever wordplay in there. She said, like, at one point, these are crying times instead of trying times. And uh, she actually mentioned uh, Dunning-Kruger syndrome, which I enjoyed. Um, yeah, that was a, that that took me a minute. I was like, oh, I, did, I don't think I, even, I didn't even know about that until she said it. And I had to, like, look it up. Well, yeah, Dunning-Kruger syndrome, in, in case uh, anyone listening to this doesn't know about it. And I, I read up about this, like, about a year ago. It's a fascinating thing. It's, it's this phenomenon. It's like this genuine psychological phenomenon where if you don't know a great deal about a subject, subject you – have there's a human tendency to assume that you know more than you actually do. Like for you to know how ignorant you are about a particular topic, you would have to know more about that topic. Like I know very little about sports, but like I might, I probably think I know more about sports than I actually do. And if I learned a little more, I would know how much I do not know about sports. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Wow. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So I know a little bit about Dunning-Kruger effect. So therefore, under Dunning-Kruger effect, I know everything about Dunning-Kruger effect. Ah, my my mind is blown. Wow. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and you could say that this uh, phenomenon applies to certain people in the public eye these days, perhaps. Why, whoever do you mean, John Trumbull? Uh, I will just let that lie there. (laughs) (laughs) Message received. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we also had uh, we had Cecily Strong as Janine Pyro again. Yes, yes, we had. Uh, she said she <laughs> started out. She said, uh, "Excuse me, I had to do my own makeup while looking into a spoon." Um, you know, <laughs> and, and it's fun to see Cecily do the Janine uh, Pyro sketch or uh, character without having the the makeup that she usually has, and you get to see her sort of homemade version of Janine Pyro. Um, and she's, she's consuming boxed wine and she has just like this giant, it looks like a giant juice box. <laughs> yeah. And, very much so. Yeah. And, um, and, and they actually took advantage of the fact that they were pre-taping this at home and, uh, Cecily changed costumes as Janine Pyro a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I noticed that like she, I mean, she looked one way, then they cut to Colin and then she cut back because she, she was wearing like a yellow dress. I don't know where, yeah. like, Colin was like, did you just do a costume change? What happened? Yeah, yeah. And then and then it cuts back to her later, and she's got, like, a headband on. She's got, like, uh, uh, smeared dirt on her face and and her her body. It looks like she's she's gone native. It looks like she's returned to nature. Um, yes. It reminded me of, like, remember that uh, that old SNL sketch where, where David Allen Greer hosted? And it was, like, uh, the, like the morning talk show sketch? Oh, where it was, yeah. Like, the newscasters who, uh, the, yeah, where the camera goes out and they they go savage. They go full Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Oh, my. That sketch was insane where fucking Will Ferrell's holding David Ungris' severed head at the end of it. It was like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was – that sketch went for it. Um, yeah. Guys, look it up. That sketch – yeah. It was a – oh, boy. <laughs> that sketch went for it. But but I always enjoy uh, Cecily doing this, this character and – you know, the real life Janine Pirro is just so exaggerated now that there's hardly any difference between her and Cecily's caricature version of her. Um, I also love it that whenever, like a trademark of, of the impression was Cecily would do like an out of the chair flip or spill her, her cocktail whenever Colin said something that startled her. So here, of course, 
Um, she she does that, and then we see Colin get get splashed with water from just off camera. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, that had to be Scarlett Johansson who was doing that, right? I, I'm positive. I'm I mean, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty positive. It was, it, who else could it be? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't. As far as I know, that's the only person that Colin is quarantining with, like Scarlett or, or maybe one of her kids. Um, I don't. I have no idea what her custody situation might be, or who who the kids might be uh, bugging up with. But oh um, I I just I find it hilarious of the idea of Scarlett Johansson basically just acting as a stagehand to, to Saturday Night Live, just there with a bucket of water, just yeah, whoop, just splashing yeah. her. Splashing her betrothed. I mean, I wish we had behind-the-scenes footage of that, because that's just hilarious to me. Uh, uh, Let's see. What next? We had... um, uh, What's wrong with... Oh, wait. There was one more thing uh, with in uh, Weekend Update that I wanted to mention, which was they did the all-in challenge, where they read a joke written by a fan. And um, uh, uh, Michael had... uh, Colin read a joke that he said was written by a sick kid in the hospital. Yeah. Where, yeah. where it was, it was talking about like one particular facility that had a sign out front that said, uh, black people cannot enter. And it was like, just like a sign that I have, uh, for my daughters. <laughs> like, God damn. Change. Like, Oof. Just, just savage. Che <laughs> is a sniper. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, just always fun. (laughs) It's, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Michael, Michael Che tricking Colin Jost or or putting up Colin Jost to having him read somewhat racist jokes. Uh, that is my jam. That is, that is my happy place now. I'm I'm here for it. I will miss it until September. I don't know what that says about me necessarily, but I always find that funny. (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, wow, yeah, I guess you're right. And and you know what? Props to uh, Colin Jones for being such a sport to do that because you know he by this point he knows what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, so. no, I mean most people will be weirded out. It's like, oh, I don't want to get canceled, but right, uh, Jones leans into it. So I was like, all right, get on you, yeah. Jones, get on you. Yeah, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. fun. Um, so next we had uh, What's Wrong With This Pitcher, Mother's Day edition, where uh, Keenan is hosting the game show What's Wrong With This Pitcher, where it's exactly what it says. There's a pitcher. There's something wrong with it. You have to guess what's wrong with it. And all the contestants were mothers. We had Edie as Rebecca, Ego as Grace, and Melissa as Emily, who is actually a grandmother. Right. And, yeah, like Keenan said, oh, how does that work? And like, But they never get into it. They just like kind of breeze over it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this uh, th- this is usually a funny sketch because they just make hilariously wrong guesses and wrong in like every sense of the word, where they say horribly sexist and or racist things, <laughs> or just horribly ignorant things. There's a whole variety of wrong in this sketch. Yeah. So much wrong, so many, and so much wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't, I didn't... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I didn't write down too many notes for this one. Okay, I'm glad I waited for that comment. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. 
Um, when, and one of the pictures we had a woman looking into the mirror and, and the mirror reflection has, is wearing a, a pearl necklace, but the real woman doesn't have anyone. And the guess was, Oh, I know the glory hole was too high. Now she knows it's the neighbor. Which, <laughs> that is just so out there. Uh, it, it amused me. Yeah, that was a good one. I'm surprised no one else. I'm surprised no one made a pearl necklace joke, which, uh, yeah. yeah yeah and it was you know it's it's like probably twelve thirty at night by the time this one aired so they probably could have gotten away with that but maybe yeah. they just didn't want to give the standards and practices person too much grief i respect that yep um and uh, much of anything else to say about this one you said you didn't have too many notes for it <laughs> no no yeah i didn't write many notes about this one i mean it's pretty much the standard um you know, what's wrong with this picture sketch? I mean, they've done it a number of times before, like when Paul Rudd hosted and whatnot. So it pretty much hit the yeah. same beats, and it's pretty much, oh, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. But it's nothing kind of, you know, uh, too spectacular about it. But it's just like, oh, all right. Not bad. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Next, we had a sketch with uh, 80, uh, Eleanor's house, where it's her birthday, and she has, like, weird... Things happen, and it's animated, kind of like The Sims. Um, yeah, this was a weird one. This this was a really weird one. I didn't find it funny. I just found it very, very odd. Um, yeah, so I mean, so, so basically, um, it's called Eleanor's House. It kind of reminded me of like Blue's Clues, the way it looked. I mean, you could tell like the the graphics to make this were, were pretty all right. Um, so yeah. basically. It's, it's like Amy Bryan saying, oh, it's my birthday. I have no one here to celebrate with me. So then they have like a guy like in a dog suit come out, but then they have invite other people to the party. And one of the people is um, this dude, Richard Carson, who's kind of like a balding dude in a tank top. And he looks kind of sketchy. And he invites his girlfriend, who's also kind of sketchy. And like they're all like computer animated, like you said, like Sims looking people coming to this yeah. party. This was, I mean, we had like the cast members faces mapped onto these computer generated characters. And I mean, really this was like, this was like uncanny Valley, the sketch. This Ooh. was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go full Zoidberg on this. Uh, this was bad and you should feel bad. Oh, wow. This was, uh, this, this honestly just felt like somebody smoked a lot of pot in quarantine to me. It felt, it did, I did get strong Adult Swim vibes from this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the one part I kind of did chuckle at where, um, like, at one point in the party, there was, like, a hot tub that came out of nowhere, and, like, so the Richard Carson guy was in a hot tub, but then things got crazy, and the cops get called in, and the cops began, like, tasing Richard in the hot tub and arresting him, and, he, like, Richard was saying, oh, you know, you can't, I know my rights, and then his girlfriend, Heidi, saying, oh, he if he doesn't party, he dies. I don't know why that made me laugh, but I, that was that put a little chuckle in, in my life. I don't really remember that moment uh, specifically, but it sounds funny when you describe it. So, uh, yeah, I'll give him a point for that. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I helped. Yeah, he helped. Um, but, yeah, I thought I, this was one of those things where I was just scratching my head at the end of it. And uh, there were... I'll be honest, there were a couple more like that um, <laughs> before the end of the show. Um, I'm way ahead of you. One, though. Uh, next, we had Dad Pranks, 
uh, our dad prank video, where which is just basically uh, Mikey Day's kid playing pranks on him. That's right. He's, he's a he's a rascal. This one. Yeah, we've seen a lot of Mikey Day's son, like throughout this whole season. Actually, like like in this episode, I've seen uh, his son more than I've seen Bowen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is that is sad but true. Um, Mikey Day's son has has been more heavily featured, and we actually got a uh, a tweet from uh, Neil Birchbrock, uh, who's at Agent Coop 7 he says, let's start a petition to make Mikey Day's kid the youngest featured player in SNL history. Um, um, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, let, let's have the kid host. Let's have the kid uh, on the show. Um, Manette Moratti says, uh, at the very least, he should be qualified for a SAG card by now. So, Yeah, I mean, does he have an agent? What the hell is, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mikey, Mikey Day's kid, uh, he, he's got some talent. I'm sure he's getting some connections and uh, maybe some interest from Hollywood. So if uh, Mikey Day wants to be a stage dad, I, I think he's got that option. It's like, hey, Mikey Day's kid, can you get my script to your dad or something? Can you help me out? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know Lauren? Can you, can you talk to Lauren for me? <laughs> but this was funny. We, we had, um, like, Mikey Day's kid uh, just uh, pulling... Uh, pranks on on his less technically savvy dad. So it's things like he's having a, a Zoom conference with his boss, and suddenly his Zoom background is his boss's daughter in a bikini behind him. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got like flashes of like uh, you know Bam Margera and Tom Green when I saw this sketch. I was like, oh yeah, that's like when like they used to prank their folks. I can see a little of that. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was cute. I, I enjoyed this. I, I rewatched this one this morning. It still yeah. amused me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, actually, there was at one point where uh, Brandon, uh, Mikey Day's kid, he changed all the contacts in Mikey's phone to uh, to read Gigi Hadid. And like for yes. for a minute, I thought that I was like, oh, that's like some made up name or like some goofy Dr. Seuss name. But then I looked well, it up. And like, yeah, yeah, Gigi Hadid. It's a, it's a model. It's a fashion model. I was like, oh, all right. Okay. I did not Google uh, Gigi Hadid. I just looked her up. Okay, I don't can't say it's someone I'm familiar with, but uh, okay, yeah, that was a fashion model. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, great comedic name. Yeah, I thought it was like a made up name, and like uh, no, it's a real person. So look at me being in touch with the youth. Yep. Yep. Apparently they had something to do with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So, huh? Uh, no wonder I'm not familiar. Nope. Um, <laughs> and this is where I exit. Yeah, but uh, best to you, Gigi Hadid, and doing your fashion model stuff. We wish you the best with that. Yeah, go get him. Yep. I will now proceed to forget forever about Gigi Hadid. <laughs> <laughs> As you um, do. As you do. <laughs> um, next, we had Lighthouse Keeper. This was more or less a solo sketch with uh, Kate McKinnon wearing a lovely fake beard, playing a lighthouse keeper, giving advice on uh, how to deal with isolation. Because as a lighthouse keeper, uh, she's dealt with a lot of that. Indeed. Uh, yeah, this sketch was okay. I feel like she like just watched The Lighthouse and made a sketch based on that. Yeah, yeah, that is that is my feeling. I feel like she she rented the lighthouse while in quarantine, and she was just like, 
how can I imitate Willem Dafoe for uh, two and a half minutes? Right. I mean, the funniest part I thought was like she looked in the mirror and was like, I have a beard? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. that, that got a kick out of me. Yeah, that was cute. Um, I, I didn't really take a lot of notes on this. I didn't I'd take a whole lot of notes in the last uh, half hour or so of the show. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really it, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, one point she had a line saying, do not give your money to a clam. They don't need it. Which is <laughs> That's just good advice for life, right? There. Yeah. I mean, that, that right. applies even outside of isolation. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and also, at the end of the sketch, they gave a little shout-out to uh, – uh, they showed a title card of, of Little Richard, because uh, recently passed yes. away Little Richard. Yeah, who, who passed away, I think, either on uh, Friday or Saturday. So that was that was nice of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. R.I.P. So um, next we had a Kyle Mooney sketch uh, called Beer Money on YouTube. Uh, this was another thing, kind of like what he did last week where he was, or, or the last uh, SL Home episode, which wasn't actually last week, um, but it's him playing multiple characters and just around his house and interacting with himself. Yeah, this sketch this sketch is like the Kyle Mooniest of Kyle Mooney. This is Yeah, he went full Mooney. <laughs> he went full Mooney. It's I, I don't even know how to describe this sketch. Can you even attempt it? Uh I could, but I will not. Um, it was it was just Kyle Mooney uh interacting with himself as different characters who aren't uh, especially different from each other. I mean, he doesn't really change up his look all that much. He basically just changes his clothes. Um, and yeah. uh, it was beer money. And he's I, what he was like trying to scrape together beer money. I think, I don't know. Again, I didn't really, my only <laughs> note on this is very weird. So yeah, again, like, this, this felt like somebody smoked a lot of pot in quarantine and this is what they typed up. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like really bad split screen, so, you know, mm-hmm. uh, shots. So, like, it shows like when Kyle Mooney's talking to himself. There's a part where it's like that's obviously he, he's in a different room. Um, I, I think the basic premises of is Kyle Mooney got dumped by his girl, and then his roommates, also played by Kyle Mooney, want him to go out and you know for party and get beer money, so that they end up robbing a bank for the beer. It's I really I mean this this was so damn weird. I can't. I don't even know where to start with. Better than I do, quite frankly. Yeah, like I, it's on. I really can't describe it. I really like. It's just really strange. This one. Yeah, I've I've honestly already pretty much expunged the sketch from my mind. <laughs> All I, I remember for sure is that I didn't like it very much. So sorry, Kyle. Okay. And the final sketch of the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dreams. Dreams, yes. Uh, this started out with uh, Cecily Strong on the phone with her mom, just talking about, you know, just kind of getting the cabin fever, as a lot of people are right now. And then she goes to sleep, and then she starts dreaming about uh, her life in New York and just being able to go outside and be around crowds of people. Um, we, we see her sort of uh, green screened into Times Square. And I recognize some of the Times Square footage from when they did that Bruno Mars film segment where he was playing like the rat uh, in, in Times Square and he, he ends up like getting a hug from somebody. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that from when Bruno Mars hosted? 
Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I recognized some of the animal suits, and I was like, oh, look, they recycled some of that footage. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and then it, it, it segues to the other cast members just dreaming about what they miss in particular. Like, A is playing with a lot of puppies in a field. And, uh, yeah, uh, and some, have, yeah, they have, like, Chloe yeah. Feynman, Chloe Feynman and Little Italy surrounded by all these Italian restaurants, but then mm-hmm. she sees, like, Popeyes across the street, and is like, oh, that's what I want. And her going yeah, to Popeyes. Yeah. And, and we see Chris Red uh, performing in a comedy club. Uh, we see Bo and Yang, who I guess I guess he was missing, like going to a cabaret or something like that. Um, I'm not I'm not quite sure what his thing was, but it was he was going to some sort of show. Um, uh, then they showed Ego Nuotum next to Woody Allen, but her being bothered by it, so it was more of a nightmare for her. Yeah, we saw like because they're they're green screening the cast members into various crowd scenes. They used a couple scenes from movies, so we see like Keenan uh, next to Dustin Hoffman as Tootsie walking down the street in New York City, and then and then they did the thing with Ego sitting on a park bench with Woody Allen with Woody Allen's arm around him. Yeah, and, and it's like Annie Hall or Manhattan era Woody Allen, right? Not not like this Woody Allen, the the old Woody Allen. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. he was how creepy he could be. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then they had like Pete Davidson at uh, Yankee Stadium next to nine eleven era Giuliani and Babe Ruth too. Yes, yes, that was that was funny. Um, yeah, I I really kind of like this. This was uh, it was. I don't usually like it when SNL gets sentimental, uh, but. Uh, this worked for me, and it reminded me of some of the cool film segments that they did in like the seventies or eighties, like the Schiller Vision stuff. You know? Oh yeah, like that. There's that one uh, with Gilda Radner. It's like in black and white. I think she's mm-hmm. like I forget where I forget the name of it, but yeah, like like sometimes see stuff like that has always interests me. Like there's sometimes they'll do like an SNL will do like a short where it's more sentimental than it is funny, and then I, mm-hmm. I, I think in instances like that you have to kind of. You know, I think they're they're definitely different. I like when they stray away from the normal comedic uh, formula of, of being funny, where they be serious and stuff like that. But I know some people are like, "Well, it's supposed to be a comedy show with with the serious stuff." But I don't know. I get um, depending on how it's portrayed. I, I can I can definitely get into it. Yeah, I mean, I think I SNL they at times they can go overboard on the sentiment. I think. Uh, I, I personally like just a little pinch of that every few shows, maybe, and if it's if it's justified. Here, I I thought it worked pretty well. I thought it was justified, um, and from what I was seeing on the comments on YouTube, it seemed to work for for most people. So I I liked it, and they got they had some funny stuff in there. Yeah, it reminded me a little of that. Uh, do you remember that sketch with uh, John Belushi with himself as like the last surviving SNL cast member and uh, Don't Look Back in Anger? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, or or it also reminded me a little of that uh, the life is a dream uh, thing with uh, Phil Hartman and Jan Hooks. I love that one. Life is a dream, yet it's yeah. so real. Yeah, that's a that's a really sweet uh, sketch. They did. Yeah, so I mean, I thought it was on a par with those. Um, yeah. So. Uh, all right. So let me ask you this: so after you saw this sketch, do because. I don't know. When I was watching it, I got the impression that like s- this would be Cecily's last show. I don't know. Like, do you think is this like because like there was one point where Cecily's dreaming 
And like all the cast members are kind of around her, and like as she's going back to waking up, like all the cast members are like waving goodbye to her. At one point, like, do you think this is Cecily's like goodbye? Do you think is she leaving? Um, I didn't personally get that from the sketch. I I think I guess I could see how you would interpret that. I I think I'd probably have to rewatch the ending of it again to say for sure. Um, but I don't know. I don't I. They don't always announce that at the end of the season. And honestly, I would hate for anybody's last show to be an SNL at home show because then you, you, you don't really get to say goodbye for real. Yeah. Um, you know, so if this was Cecily's last show or if it was like, say, Keenan's last show, and I don't think it's been established definitively that either one of them is leaving. Um I would I would hope that they could come back in the fall somehow to have a, a more proper goodbye, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I actually, because, like, I don't know, there was something about that sketch, because, like, the way it began and ended with Cecily and how they were waving goodbye to her at that one point, I was like, oh, is Cecily leaving? And then also I checked on Instagram, and she posted this one picture of herself where, like, her hand is over her mouth, and it looks like she was about to cry or just been crying, and it says, saying goodbye to season 45 today. I miss my friends and family at SNL. I miss so much that I didn't know I'd ever have to miss. And I was like, I don't know. That, it's something about it that struck me as like, oh, that seems like very kind of something like kind of final about that. Like, I don't know. I got for a well, minute. I was like, me, oh, is this, let me is she see. I'm, I'm looking on Instagram now and uh, I, I hadn't happened to. Uh, oh, well, now the sound is going. OK, I can't look at that now. Obviously. <laughs> All right. <laughs> No, I didn't mean to spring this on. You. I didn't mean to spring this on you, but yeah, there's there's something about that sketch. Is oh, like, no, I, I see the post you meant now. Um, yeah, yeah, looks uh, look from the look of uh, her in that picture, it looks like she had per- perhaps been crying a bit, but um, but she says she's saying goodbye to season forty five. She didn't say she's saying goodbye to SNL. That's so. true. Like, yeah, no one's come out and said they're leaving, but there, I don't know. Yeah. There's something about it that kind of like. I don't know. I I wouldn't jump to uh, conclusions just okay. yet. And yeah, so so I I shouldn't put up the YouTube video on Facebook about my conspiracy theories just yet. Um, no, you totally should because whatever <laughs> gets us uh, more hits and more uh, listeners to the show is absolutely justified. Um, but- <laughs> <laughs> Cecily Strong is leaving Saturday Live. She's about to buy CBS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was the other project that she had going? I, I forget what that was now. I know she had something else happening. Oh, yeah, it was like a musical comedy for Apple Plus, I want to say. Okay, um, okay, yeah. So, I mean, but we, we seem to be in, age, in an age where people can do the side projects and stay on SNL. Like, Keenan has had a couple other side things, and he's still on SNL. And uh, A.D. Bryant had her show... Um, that I'm blanking on the name of that, uh, uh shrill, and, shrill, shrill. Thank you. And, and she's stayed with SNL. So somebody yeah. doing another thing, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're leaving the show. I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, of course I'm right. Never well, doubt me again, Darren Patterson. I'm so sorry, sir. I didn't, I didn't know. But, um, I, w- we should prepare like a YouTube video of like a montage of, of uh, all their greatest hits and just set it to uh, Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You. Oh, I was going to do simply, I was going to have it simply the best. 
Okay, we can we can do one of each of those, um, but we should just have those ready to go just to roll out as soon as they officially announce. Done and done. Okay, okay, and that's that was the show and that was the season. Uh, you know, the only other thing I found interesting to note was during uh, Kristen Wiig's good night, she seemed to be wearing an "I hate Bon Jovi" shirt. Really. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I don't know what the story is there. Does she actually hate Bon Jovi? Is she wearing this ironically? But it said, I hate Bon Jovi. So, Does she have like some personal vendetta against Bon Jovi that we don't know about? I don't know. Do, do she and Richie Sambora have beef? I have no idea. Looks like it's time to start another YouTube video and put it on Facebook. <laughs> okay, let's, let's uh, work up a conspiracy theory for that. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, what did you think of these SNL at home episodes overall? Um, overall, I liked them. I thought it was, uh, it's definitely different. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely not the live show. You're not getting the fan and, you know, you're like, everything is more kind of edited down. You're not getting like kind of the spontaneous one take that you get from live shows. There's, you know, the audience reaction isn't there. Um, yeah. it's its own thing. But uh, it's still pretty. It's still pretty entertaining. I mean, I still miss the live aspect of it. But I mean, I guess this is like a good. What's the word? Like placebo? Not placebo. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a good. Uh, What's up? Yeah, something to tide you over. Yes, it's something that tied me over. I can't. I can't think of the word. But it's not, it's a good replacement until the they can do the real thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a decent substitute. And I mean, I, I think it was interesting to see the learning curve that they had. Cause like the first show was, pr was pretty low key, pretty low tech. And then they, they took a, a quantum leap forward with the technical aspects in uh, the last two episodes. So I, I was impressed with what they were able to accomplish with their limited resources. Yeah. Like towards the end when they were doing all like the, when they got more with the effects, like uh, with, Kristen Wiig's monologue and the eighty Bryant Eleanor's house uh, sketch. Yeah. Like they got, they were able to do more and more with like effects and whatnot. It was like pretty impressive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was fun. I wouldn't necessarily want a steady diet of the SNL at home just because because of the limitations. It it gives the sketches a certain sameness. You know, you just can't have as much variety as you do on the typical live show where you can do like a live sketch and then a musical segment and then a film segment and then a fake commercial. Like so many of the things they normally do, they can't do. Yeah, so. that's true. I hear you. And, and just plus just so many sketches. We need to, we need to trim that down a little bit. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's a, almost an embarrassment of riches. I think, I think, I think all of these shows, like most SNL reruns, they would seem a lot stronger if they were cut down to an hour. You could you could cut out the fat. You could cut out some of the weirder things that don't really go anywhere, and you could just have just just have the strong stuff, you know. Yes, cut the fat, all muscle. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, so should we check the Twitter and see what the what the people had to say? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm checking. I'm not seeing uh, too much new. I read that thing about Mikey Day's kid a little earlier. So I think I think that's about it. But if you're seeing anything new, um, oh, actually, yeah, I see something from Nick Store. Um, if you can read that, if you want, or I can. 
Oh, wait, hold on. Let me see if I can uh, pop that up. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, that was, that was flying to us. Uh, next door, next door. Where the hell is he? Oh, okay, I got well, it. I, okay. I, I got it, I got it, I got it. All right, so Nick Store, uh, at Nick Store said, I'm not sure how I felt. Glad we could have a wig-hosted episode and not have her in every sketch. Not a KW fan. Ooh. Some good jokes in Weekend Update. Sketch of the night, let kids drink. Agreed. LOL Agreed. of the night. Uh, LOL of the night, Ego's, or Ego's reaction to being hugged by Woody Allen. In all, episode two of SNL at Home was the best. Hmm. Uh, I think I would agree with that. Yeah, I, th- I think episode two was probably the strongest overall, but I thought there was some strong stuff in this one. Um, but I, I just thought uh, like the last half hour was pretty weak, so I thought that took the show down a couple notches. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'd have to go back and watch the other two SNL at homes. But uh, yeah, this one was okay. But yeah, I feel like either one or two was a little bit stronger. So yeah, I'm, we're with you there, Nick. Yeah. Um, so I think... Uh, next week we're going to do a season 45 in review show where we can just talk about who our favorite hosts were, um, the additions of Chloe Feynman and Bowen Yang as cast members, favorite sketches from the year. There's a lot to unpack there, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, we see that, um, you know, friend of the show, Ruby the Rube asked us about like what we thought about this season overall and our favorite episodes. We're going to save all of that for the next episode because there's a, there's a lot to unpack in that one. Yeah, I think uh, put a pin in that because that's such a big topic. Uh, we want to do it justice and we don't want to uh, just do it in a rush in five minutes at the end of, of our podcast. Yes, we want to give the, the, the time and respect it deserves. Yeah, and also, uh, quite frankly, I just need to refresh my memory of the the various hosts and, and what the strongest sketches were. So I'm, I need a little more time to put that together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually like look back on some of the old episodes really quickly. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, Hey, yeah. The Sarah Lee sketch. Oh yeah. The midday news sketch. Yeah. yeah like it was yeah. a nice little, nice little walk down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been saving some sketches uh, as we go. When SNL puts them on YouTube, I try to save my favorites to a playlist and I'm, I'll go through that and, and figure out what my my favorites of the season were, and maybe we can each have like a top five sketches or something like that. Ooh, that's a dude. That's pretty smart. I should. I should. Wow, you're putting some work into this podcast. I guess I gotta. I know. I know. Well, I you know one of us has to, Darren. Oh, you son of a! How dare you! <laughs> I had that whole great story about me dressing up in neckties and junior high. How about, I, I contribute. <laughs> You contribute, you contribute. And um, speaking of the podcast, uh, we actually uh, got another couple of reviews on the podcast, uh, and I thought we would read those. We forgot to read these during our last episode, Um, but I've got those up right now. Give me just a second here. Um, This one is from Radical Alex, Radical underscore Alex. It says, great show, gives us five stars, and says, a joy for nerds and newcomers alike. So thank you very much, Alex. Thanks, Alex. And uh, this next one, uh, they, they go on a bit more. This is from Comedian E, uh, who's, who writes in all caps, MUST LISTEN, with an exclamation point. Uh, if you're even remotely interested in SNL, this is a must listen. These guys are spot on. Say what you will about SNL. This podcast is consistent and funny. Five there stars. You, there you go. It's, it's, it's in all caps, so you know it's le- legit. 
Yeah, so thank you very much, Comedian E. I have no idea if this is a comedian that uh, you and I might know or not. If that's a stranger, that's even more flattery. Yeah, or maybe it's a comedian on ecstasy. Who knows? Yes, it is a comedian on ecstasy, so they are particularly enjoying the podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're so, yeah. As you do. As you do. Yes. We're, we're very popular with uh, comedians on psychedelics. Yes, yes. I mean, that is that is the audience that we are aiming for. Um, so, and if you're on, on psychedelics and you want to tweet at us, uh, you can reach us uh, at the show page on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. And you can also follow our individual Twitter accounts. Uh, I'm at Trumbull Comic, T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, and the word comic. And I'm at Darren Credible, Twitter and Instagram. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. Yes. And uh, as I said, next week we're going to come back with a season 45 in review show. And then we're in summer vacation mode. So we're, uh, we'll be going back to doing SNL movies and possibly TV shows and maybe some theme episodes. And yeah, d- documentaries. Documentaries. The world is our oyster. Yeah. Um, we, we've got all sorts of possibilities coming up, and, and we hope to do a little more of the interviews, like the bonus episode that we dropped this week with uh, Michael Colton and John Abood, talking all about the movie they wrote about Doug Kenny, uh, Feudal and Stupid Gesture. Yeah, guys, if you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. And uh, that was a really great episode. I, really, I think we're, we're, like, going forward, we, we're definitely going to try to do more interviews like that with people who worked either on a show or, like, a movie connected to the show or something like that. Like, I really, uh, I really think that was one of our best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed doing that. And it's, it's always, I always enjoy finding out about behind the scene information. Uh, so if you've ever worked on SNL, uh, you you can either be a current person there or a former, uh, cast or crew member, please, uh, drop us a line, let us know. And, uh, we would love to talk to you for the podcast and just find out all about what your experience, uh, working on the show was like. Absolutely. Okay, but uh, we'll be back with our season review next week. But uh, until then, we're going to sign off. So until next week, nerds Nerds out. out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.